if you will, turn in your Bibles to the 51st chapter of the book of uh, Jeremiah as we continue our study through the Word. So you'll remember from chapter 46 on, we've been looking at the prophecies that Jeremiah was given regarding the nations. Now, Jeremiah was not just a prophet to the nation of Israel, but God also called him to be a prophet to nations. And, uh, and so here we see, much in the same way when you see in the book of Revelation, there are the seven letters that go to the seven different churches. And, and what the Lord had to speak on to each of those different churches here, we see that the Lord also wants to speak to the nations and is speaking to the nations through the prophet of Jeremiah. As we come to this 51st chapter, the, the nation is Babylon. And, and Babylon is such an interesting, interesting nation because they are a heathen, pagan, godless nation. They are idolatrous. They worship Bel. Bel is their god. And, and we see that, that they end up conquering the, the, the world. They defeat the Assyrians and rise into power as this world power. The hanging gardens of Babylon, the, the walls were so thick and so tall that on top of the walls around Babylon, they would race chariots side by side, chariot races on top. So you can imagine, they, it was impregnable. They, they were looked upon as uh, a nation, a world power that could never ever collapse or be defeated. The, the pride of Nebuchadnezzar, the, the, the king, was extraordinary as, uh, as he was puffed up with his own self-importance. You'll remember with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego how the, the king Nebuchadnezzar has a giant statue made and the whole nation had to bow down and, uh, and worship this you know, image of him and, uh, and all. And you'll remember that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to bow down and to worship. And, and so he, here is, is Babylon. But the nation of Israel was in great rebellion to God. And God's own children were misbehaving badly. Have you ever seen children misbehave badly with the parents? And, you know, and, and the, you see the parent, you know, and, the, and they're giving warnings, you know. I, I, I'm warning you, if you, if you need to stop, you need to come over, we need to, you need to, and, uh, you know, and there, and there is all of these, you know, warnings because the last thing that a parent wants to do is to, is to lay consequences on the child. They want the child be obedient so they can enjoy sweet fellowship and, uh, and get on with their day into the blessings of the day. That disobedience interrupts the fellowship, it interrupts the activities, it interrupts the, the plans uh, that we have for them. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. God has plans for us and, and we can interrupt those plans by disobeying, by resisting, by behaving badly, by stepping outside of the, the, the will of God. Well, God had exalted the nation of Israel over the entire world through King David and King Solomon and, uh, and all to 
be a light to the rest of the world of what living in right relationship with God was truly like. And, and that light would then penetrate to the rest uh, of the world. But rather than God's people staying purposeful in worshiping him and him alone, you see the polytheism in the world, they worshiped all these multiple gods. And you know, it's like, you know, you have the God of all different things and, and whatever you want, you go and worship that, that God. And there's one God, amen? And, and, and so if the nation Israel is gonna worship Jehovah, God, the true and the living God, and then worship all these other gods as well. They're gonna look just like all the rest of the entire world. And so God said, worship me and me alone. Don't mix your worship up with this uh, amalgamation of, of all of these segmented parts of your life and putting gods into all of these things. And so stay away from the pagan worship that is around you and God brings them into their nation and it flows with milk and honey and exalts them and blesses them. And man, what do they start doing? they start getting themselves entangled with the peoples around them. And, and then as they're getting entangled with the peoples around them, they bring their gods uh, with them into the marriages and suddenly they're into the, the, the houses and, uh, and all and there is compromise, compromise, compromise. And, and the next thing you know, God's people, God's children are, uh, are, are worshiping him and and all these other gods as well. And, and God would send prophets and say, this is adultery. This is, you're, we're, we're in a committed relationship here and, and you're bringing these other relationships uh, uh, in and I want your heart and, and, and I want you and I want you to want me. And, uh, and that's God's desire. The Lord searches to and fro, seeking for a heart that is after him, chasing after him. David was a man that chased after God's heart and and so we see that uh, God started to send prophets and started to warn them and warn them and warn them and and it was so interesting because as God was sending his prophets guess what Satan was doing he was sending his false prophets and the false prophets were saying the exact opposite of what the true prophets were and pretty and soon what's truth anymore and who even knows what the truth is anymore and everybody's saying different things and they're all contradicting each other sound familiar <laughs> It's hard to even get to what is the truth anymore. And, and you have all these sides on these issues of all of these experts, all contrary. Well, you have these experts, these prophets, God's people, and they're speaking forth on, on behalf of God and they're declaring contradictory statements and, and all. And the nation just got to the place where this was the ministry time of, of Jeremiah. The 10 northern tribes had already gone through this exact cycle. They, they had worshiped, fallen into idolatry. God warned them and warned them and warned them. And, and then finally, he brought judgment on them and the Assyrians came in and, and captured them, removed them from the land. God said, that I'll put you into the land. This is my land. I'm bringing you into the land. You can stay here, be blessed in it. But if, if you are not obedient to, to the law, if you won't live within the vows that we are making to one another, I will remove you from the land. And so the Assyrians came in and they swept the 10 northern tribes away. And there was Judah and Benjamin left. 
and, and rather, because the Assyrians come all the way up to Jerusalem and, and they surround Jerusalem, they encamp around them. And, and you remember how God miraculously delivers them from the Assyrians because the Assyrians were going to take them down. And God sends an angel and wipes out their entire army in one night and they, they wake up the next morning and there's the entire Assyrian army has been devastated by the hand of God. A mighty, miraculous deliverance that was meant to get the attention of the nation. Turn your heart back towards me. Your heart isn't where it needs to be. It's interesting in the seven letters to the seven churches, the church of Ephesus, it's the same thing. You're doing great things, but your heart is far from me. Return back to your first love. And so the nation goes through minor various different reformations, but they, they, they still were so entangled in the things of the world and they continued to be attracted more to the things of the world than of the Lord. And God finally says, you know, that, that's it. Bad behaved and children, I'm warning you, I'm warning you, I'm warning you, I'm warning you. But you see, here was the pride of the nation of Israel, okay? The pride of Judah in Benjamin was that they had the temple. And they felt that God would never let anybody take the temple. God would never let anybody come in and desecrate his holy sanctuary, his presence, his Shekinah glory where he dwells. That, that is never going to happen. So, so no nation is ever going to come in and, and be able to conquer us. And, you know, and when they had that attitude, you know, when the Assyrian army came up and God wiped them all up, it just, it just bolstered that attitude uh, that God's going to defend uh, his holy city no matter what. And so God raises up an instrument, a worldly instrument. Babylonians. He allows Nebuchadnezzar in his pride that he uses the world as a tool of judgment upon his own people. See, God can use anything, amen? And so even the world, he can use it for good. All things work together for what? For good, all things. God can take anything and work it together for good. And so he takes the, the ambition, the pride of, uh, of Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian and says, you know what? I have a job for you to do. He uses them as a judgment against his people after warning them. He doesn't spank them. He lets the Babylonians spank them. But God also said, woe to anybody that mistreats my children. I will bless those that bless my kids and I, I will take you out if you do harm to my kids. And so the Babylonians were that instrument that God allowed to be used to, to judge his children. But now he's also a righteous God that keeps his word. And so we see that the, they did come in and they did destroy the temple and God did allow it, but God also said that if you do that, then I'm gonna bring judgment upon you. 
And so here in this 51st chapter, we, we have now the judgment decried uh, by Jeremiah upon the Babylonians, who at the time that Jeremiah is writing this, remember that they're, they've gone into captivity. Jeremiah is, is declaring the downfall of the mightiest nation, the world power, as he is now writing down this prophecy. We begin verse one, thus says the Lord, behold, I will, I will raise up against Babylon, against those who dwell in Leb Kamai, a destroying wind. Uh, now, Leb Kamai is a word play that means Chaldea, means Babylonians and the Chaldeans. He says, I'm gonna raise up a destroying wind. He is going to bring a destroyer now to judge uh, the Babylonians. And I will send winnowers to Babylon who shall winnow her and empty her land for in the day of doom they shall be against her all around. Against her let the archer bend his bow and lift himself up against her in his armor. Do not spare her young men, utterly destroy all her army. Thus the slain shall fall in the land of the Chaldeans and those thrust through in her streets. For Israel is not forsaken, nor Judah, by his God, the Lord of hosts, though their land was filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel. Here we see that the destruction is going to come and, and it says that Israel is not forsaken nor Judah by his God, the Lord of hosts. God was punishing his children, but you're getting into the middle of a family matter right now and you are going to experience now the, uh, the wrath uh, of God. God had not forgotten. God had not turned his back on his people. He hadn't divorced his people. And, that, and that's the important thing that through Throughout we see that God promises that he will never let go of the nation of Israel. Israel is and will always be the timepiece of prophecy and Jerusalem is the centerpiece of the stage of Jesus Christ's return, the millennial reign and the kingdom of God here upon this earth. And there is no other Israel. Israel is Israel. Jerusalem is in Jerusalem and, and God is working with his people and chastising them and setting them aside, but he will pick them back up again and he will continue to accomplish every single promise that he has set forth in his word. And so here the, the Chaldeans thought that their God was greater than the God of the nation of Israel because their God defeated Israel's God. And, and God is saying, no, that's not what happened to, uh, at all. And God hadn't forsaken them either. You didn't come in while their God was sleeping or on vacation and then be able to conquer them and, uh, because they had been set aside or cast off. I have not forsaken my nation, my people. Their land was filled with sin against me. We were having our own relational difficulty but I did not forsake them. Flee from the midst of Babylon and everyone save his life. Do not be cut off in her iniquity for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance and he shall recompense her. 
Babylon was a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunk. The nations drank her wine and therefore the nations are deranged. Babylon has suddenly fallen and been destroyed. Wail for her, take balm for her pain. Perhaps she may be healed. Here we see in verse 6, flee from the midst of Babylon. We see God is calling to his people who are in Babylon and telling them that they need to depart uh, to avoid being destroyed uh, here. And and we see that that Jeremiah is declaring that Babylon was a golden cup in the Lord's uh, hand. And so we see that was the golden cup of judgment uh, of which now the whole earth was uh, made to drink. And so the Babylonians brought judgment upon the world and the wickedness uh, of the world as an instrument of God. We would have healed Babylon, verse 9, but she is not healed forsake her and let us go everyone to his own country for her judgment reaches to heaven and is lifted up to the skies the lord has revealed our righteousness come and let us declare in zion the work of the lord and our god come and let us declare in zion god's uh, people now here raising a praise in the temple of zion to recount what he has done it is so good to continue to remember the good things that god has done in our lives amen to recount and to know and to remember you'll remember that they put up remembrance stones to to be able to Never forget the goodness of God. Communion is that never forgetting the goodness of Jesus Christ and what he has done. And so we celebrate communion. We come to the communion table to never forget because life gets busy, amen? We get crowded in with the pressures and all that's going on in our lives and, and we get caught up in the minutia of life and, and sometimes we forget to stop and back up and to keep the big perspective of how big and great and glorious is our God. And so let that declarative sound, song of praise be heard and let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. Make the arrows bright, gather the shields. The Lord has raised up the spirit of the kings of the Medes uh, for his plan is against Babylon to destroy it because it is the vengeance of the Lord, the vengeance of his temple. Set up the standard on the walls of Babylon. Make the guards strong. Set up the watchmen. Prepare the ambushes for the Lord has both devised uh, and done what he spoke against the inhabitants of Babylon. Oh, you who dwell by many waters, abundant in treasures, your end has come. The measure of your covetousness. The Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, surely I will fill you with men as with locusts and they shall lift up a shout against you. And so here we see that 
It says that the Lord has raised up the spirit of the kings uh, of the Medes. Now, I want you to know there is a partial fulfillment and yet there is a, a future fulfillment. We see that there is the judgment that is going to come and Babylon is going to be defeated. But Babylon is not going to be utterly destroyed until we see in the book of Revelation Babylon is completely judged. We see that it's going to be conquered and it's going to be conquered by the Medes, the Medo-Persian, Cyrus. The Persian is the one that's going to lead the, the assault and defeat them. And it's interesting how here when Jeremiah is writing this, he declares that the Lord has raised up the spirit of the kings of the Medes. And so also in the final destruction and judgment of, the, of Babylon, and we are going to see that that also is going to come from the spirit of the kings of the Medes. And, and so we see that Babylon falls in 539 B.C. and uh, but it is not the total destruction that we're going to see this prophecy talks about. And so we have a partial fulfillment, but this prophecy here of the utter and complete destruction of Babylon, uh, that awaits its fulfillment. He says that he's taking vengeance for his temple. God is going to summon this army to take vengeance on Babylon for having destroyed the uh, the temple and God is personally swearing upon himself the Lord of hosts has sworn by himself that Babylon is going to fall he has made the earth by his power amen he's made the earth by his power and his might you see Jeremiah has just declared that uh, that that God has promised uh, that he is going to judge Babylon. And then Jeremiah here talks about the sureness of God, that when God says something, he means it, and he has the, the capacity to follow through on anything that he says. And, and so here, you know, Babylon, the greatness of Babylon, the power, the army, the, the walls, uh, and, and all the great. But now Jeremiah stops and, and he says, but let's look at the greatness of our God. They made walls. God made all of this, <laughs> made the whole universe, made the stars, the earth, and everything that there is. He made the material that they made the walls out of, you know. And so, again, stepping back to be able to just recognize the greatness and the power and the glory of God. And here's what's always amazing to me. Whenever I step back, at, you know, to that that lens of how great and glorious and powerful and awesome and holy and majestic and mighty is our God. And then my heart swings over to what is man that you are mindful of us, God? And your greatness and your power and your glory. God, who, who am I that you would love me? And then he answers, I'm crazy about you. <laughs> it's not like, go on. <laughs> He's like, no, I am. I love you beyond words. I see when you're troubled and you can't sleep. I, I know your wakings and your lying downs and your rising ups. I see your anxiousness. I see your, your hardships, your difficulties, the, the things that you're traveling through in your life. I'm here for you. I love you. 
call out to me anytime, I'll answer. You draw near to me, I'm, I'm here. I love you. And, and that is what is just so absolutely amazing that this incredible, great, glorious, amazing God loves me. Washed in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, I'm accepted and adopted into his uh, family. The, the, the sin that separated us, gone. <laughs> and so Jeremiah is declaring now the, the greatness of the God that made this promise. God just made a promise he's going to destroy Babylon. You, you look, it's like Babylon. Oh my gosh. He said, well, let me tell you about my God. Let me tell you about my God. He has made the earth by his power. He established the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heaven by his understanding. You see the power, wisdom, and understanding are the first three attributes that, that Jeremiah declares here. When he utters his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens. He causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightnings for the rain. He brings the wind out of his treasuries. The sovereignty and power of God, who is the one guaranteeing the downfall of Babylon. Speaking now of the Babylonians and, and their worship of Bel and their worship of the false gods. And, and Jeremiah contrasts the true and the living God with the worthlessness of chasing after false gods. He says, everyone is dull-hearted without knowledge. Every metalsmith is put to shame by the carved image. For his molded image is falsehood and there is no breath in them. They, 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 they work and fashion these uh, idols out of metal and there's no life in them. As compared to God who formed and fashioned us and then breathed life into us. They make these representations of things that, that aren't even real. And they have no power to make them come alive. They are futile, a work of errors. In the time of their punishment, they shall perish. The portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the maker of all things. And Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name, in case you don't know. You are my battle axe and weapons of war. For with you I will break the nation in pieces. With you I will destroy kingdoms. With you I will break in pieces the horse and its rider. With you I will break in pieces the chariot and its rider. With you also I will break in pieces man and woman. With you I will break in pieces old and young. With you I will break in pieces the young man and the maiden. With you also I will break in pieces the shepherd and his flock. With you I will break in pieces the farmer and his yoke of oxen. And with you I will break in pieces and governor and rulers. God used the nation, the Babylonians, as that golden cup to bring his judgment to these other nations. 
but now it is time to judge Babylon. Verse 24, and I will repay Babylon and all the inhabitants of Chaldea for all the evil they have done in Zion in your sight, says the Lord. When they came into the holy city, they didn't conduct themselves with awe and reverence, arrogance and pride, and, and they came and destroyed Jerusalem. For all the evil they have done in Zion in your sight, says the Lord. Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain. He, he calls Babylon this destroying mountain that moved around and, and destroyed the other nations. Who destroys all the earth, says the Lord. And I will stretch out my hand against you. Roll down from the rocks and make you a burnt mountain. He will change them from a destroying mountain to a burnt mountain. And they shall not take from you a stone for a corner nor a stone for a foundation, but you shall be desolate forever, says the Lord. And so the judgment is going to be so absolutely complete upon Babylon that uh, the people will not even be able to, to use a stone out of it again. Set up a banner in the land. Blow the trumpet among the nations. Prepare the nations against her. Call the kingdoms together against her. Ararat, Minian, Ashkenaz. Appoint a general against her. Cause the horses to come up like the bristling locusts. Prepare against her the nations with the kings of the Medes, its governors and all its rulers, all the land of his dominion. And so here we see that God is summoning the, the nations to rally their troops against uh, Babylon. And the land will tremble in sorrow. For every purpose of the Lord shall be performed against Babylon to make her the land of Babylon, a desolation without inhabitant. The mighty men of Babylon have ceased fighting. They have remained in their strongholds. Their might has failed. When God brings his judgment, the, the mighty men are gonna be absolutely helpless against the power of God. Their might has failed. They became like women. They have burned her dwelling places. The bars of her gates are broken. One runner will run to meet another and one messenger to meet another to show the king of Babylon that his city is taken on all sides. The passages are blocked. The reeds they have burned with fire and the men of war are terrified. And so the, the picture is these, these foot runners, these messengers uh, are running from the four corners of Babylon to the king telling them that there is no escape. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, the daughter of Babylon is like a threshing floor. When it is time to thresh her, yet... A little while and the time of her harvest will come. And so here like a threshing floor that's only used during the time of threshing, there is a, a preparation, a pounding down of the threshing floor and a cleaning up of it, getting ready for the, uh, the use uh, of it. So we see here that there is going to be this, this time of threshing, but it's not yet. A little while, here we see a time stamp again uh, from the Lord speaking to Jeremiah. 
Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, has devoured me. He has crushed me. He has made me an empty vessel. He has swallowed me up like a monster. He has filled his stomach with my delicacies. He has spit me out. He's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem here by Nebuchadnezzar. Let the violence done to me in my flesh be upon Babylon. The inhabitants of Zion will say, and my blood be upon the inhabitants of Chaldea. Jerusalem will say. And so... Here is the complaint of the Jews against uh, Babylon. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will plead your case and take vengeance for you. I will dry up her sea and make her springs dry. Babylon shall become a heap, a dwelling place for jackals, uh, an astonishment and a hissing without uh, an inhabitant. Here we see that God declares that he is going to take up uh, the case. I will respond to your case when the children of Israel were crying out to God. God says, I hear, I will respond in due time. They shall roar together like lions. They shall growl like lions whelps. In their excitement, I will prepare their feasts. I will make them drunk that they may rejoice and sleep a perpetual sleep and not Awake, says the Lord. I will bring them down like lambs to the slaughter, like rams uh, with male goats. So here we see that the Babylonians are being likened under these fierce lions, but God is going to prepare a feast for them and, and they're going to drink and fall asleep and they're going to never wake up. We see that God also compares the Babylonians to lambs now that are going to be led to the slaughter. Oh, how Shishak is taken. Shishak means Babylon. Oh, how the praise of the whole earth is seized. How Babylon has become desolate among the nations. The sea has come up over Babylon. She is covered with the multitude of its waves. Her cities are a desolation, a dry land and a wilderness, a land where no one dwells, through which no son of man passes. I will punish Bel in Babylon and I will bring out of his mouth what he has swallowed and the nation shall not stream <laughs> to him anymore yes the wall of Babylon shall fall and so here God says that he's going to punish Bel and he is going to make Bel spew out the wealth that he had swallowed in the nations and and so we see a direct answer to the complaint of the captives. My people go out of the midst of her and let everyone deliver himself from the fierce anger of the Lord. Unless your heart faint and you fear for the rumor that will be heard in the land, a rumor will come one year and after that in another year a rumor will come and violence in the land, ruler against ruler. Therefore, behold, the days are coming that I will bring judgment on the carved images of Babylon. Her whole land shall be ashamed, and all her slain shall fall in her midst. Then the heavens and the earth and all that is in them shall sing joyously over Babylon. For the plunderers shall come to her from the north, says the Lord. And so 
Here we see God orders his people to run for their lives and escape from Babylon and and they're not to be afraid of the rumors of victory that are going to float around the, the land. They were to remain confident in the Lord that the Lord is going to judge Babylon. As Babylon has caused the slain of Israel to fall, so at Babylon the slain of all the earth shall fall. You who have escaped the sword, get away. Do not stand still. Remember the Lord afar off. and Let Jerusalem come to your mind. And, and so uh, here we see that God had promised uh, in Genesis chapter 12 to Abraham that he will bless those that bless the nation of Israel and he will curse those that curse. And, uh, and so here we see that when he delivers the Israelites uh, out, he says, don't stand still when you're delivered, go. We were ashamed because we have heard reproach. Shame has covered our faces. For strangers have come into the sanctuaries of the Lord's house. The very thing that they thought could never happen. The destruction of the temple. The profane Babylonians have come in and desecrated and destroyed the house of God and we were shamed, we were put to shame. They were grieved in their heart and in their soul over the, the destruction of, uh, of the temple. Strangers, strangers have come into the sanctuaries of the Lord's house. And therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will bring judgment on her carved images and throughout all her land the wounded shall groan Though Babylon were to mount up to heaven and though she were to fortify the height of her strength, yet from me plunderers would come to her, says the Lord. Though Babylon would mount up to the heaven, means those giant walls, that if they built them another thousand feet high, if those walls went all the way up to heaven itself, those walls would not be high enough to protect them from the judgment of God. Amen. The sound of a cry comes from Babylon and great destruction from the land of the Chaldeans because the Lord is plundering Babylon and silencing her loud voice. Though her waves roar like great waters and the noise of their voice is uttered because the plunderer comes against her, against Babylon. And her mighty men are taken. Every one of their bows is broken for the Lord is the God of recompense and he will surely repay. And I will make drunk her princes and wise men, her governors, her deputies, and her mighty men. And they shall sleep a perpetual sleep and not awake, says the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts, in case you're wondering. And thus says the Lord of hosts, the broad walls of Babylon shall be utterly broken, and her high gates shall be burned with fire. The people will labor in vain in the nations because of the fire and, and they shall be weary. And so here we see the 
the declaration that Jeremiah records upon the judgment uh, of uh, Babylon. And we see now that Jeremiah is going to commission Sariah to take now the prophecies against Babylon and to now deliver them, to read them there in Babylon. And in verse 59, it says, the word which Jeremiah the prophet commanded Sariah, the son of Neriah, the son of Messiah, when he went with Zedekiah, the king of Judah, to Babylon in the fourth year of his reign. And Sariah was the quartermaster. And, and so... Here we see that Zedekiah was forced. He was the vassal king to the Babylonians. Uh, uh, and he was uh, called, many believe, that, uh, that after a, a, an assassination attempt on Nebuchadnezzar, that he called for all of the vassal kings to come to Babylon and to uh, have this uh, meeting. And so we see that there was this official trip that takes place and uh, and so Zedekiah is forced to make it. Uh, and uh, Barak, you'll remember Barak was the scribe uh, of uh, uh, Jeremiah that wrote all those prophecies uh, down for him. Well, Barak's brother is Sariah. And so Sariah now is tasked with bringing this prophecy, accompanying Zedekiah uh, as he goes to Babylon. So Jeremiah wrote in a book, all the evil that would come upon Babylon, all these words that are written against Babylon. And Jeremiah said to Sariah, when you arrive in Babylon and see it and read all these words, then you shall say, O Lord, you have spoken against this place to cut it off so that none shall remain in it, neither man nor beast, but it shall be desolate forever. And now it shall be when you have finished reading this book that you shall tie a stone to it and throw it out into the Euphrates. And then you shall say, Thus Babylon shall sink and not rise from the catastrophe that I will bring upon her, and they shall be weary. And thus far are the words of Jeremiah. And so after affirming God's intention to destroy this place, Sariah was to tie a stone to the, to the scroll and throw it into the uh, Euphrates and, and he was to announce that Babylon, like the scroll, would sink to rise uh, no more. We see that God makes his promises and God keeps his promises. He promises to, to bless and he promises to bring judgment and uh, he allows uh, us now mm, to choose and all of us were underneath the judgment of sin each and every one of us and God made the provision for us so that we would never have to be afraid of his judgment you see God judges in his righteousness but God is merciful in his love and so we see that he gave that provision for you and for I to know his forgiveness, to know his intimacy, his kindness, his goodness, and his gentleness. And, and what about our sin? What about those behaviors in our lives that deserve judgment? God says, I 
will make sure that they are judged. Each and every one of them paid for in full. But not by you. I will pay for them. And he sent his son to come and to take every single one of our terrible behaviors, every sin, every breaking of the holy law of God, every self-exaltation, every action, word, and thought that, uh, that was against the goodness and the grace and the love of God. And Jesus Christ took every single one of those from all of us. And he went to the cross and he paid for it with his blood. He paid for it with his love. And we who deserved judgment, deserved it every single one of us. Instead, we receive forgiveness of sin, grace, and mercy. And Jesus at the communion table said, a new covenant I'm making with you. It's in my in blood. I want to invite the ushers to come and pass out the elements right now. A new covenant I am making in my blood. Shed blood of Jesus Christ that will wash away your sins, that will restore you to your loving Father that created you and loves you more than words can ever even begin to express. Our God is so good so loving, so compassionate, so filled with grace. And we experience that grace, and that love, and that mercy. Jesus said, I want you to know how much you're loved. Communion night is a night to walk out knowing that you're loved. You are loved. So oftentimes we can feel alone. So oftentimes we can feel that nobody understands. We can feel isolated. And, but God understands you. Understands every single part of you. And, and you are loved. You are wanted. Listen, you're wanted. You are desired by the King of kings, by the glorious God that ministers to each and every one of us. If we can have the cans on, to be able to love, minister, bless each and every one of us. The shed blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I no greater love as a man than this and he would lay down his life for his friend and and so as we hold those elements we hold a visible representation that God gave to us that Jesus Christ took these elements the bread and the cup and he said my body my blood this is the sign of the new covenant and I want you to remember Stop from your busyness. Stop from the pressures. Stop from everything that's going on in your life and just pause it for one second and know that you're loved. You're loved. You are loved. What a difference life makes when you're loved.
Vita. And when you're loved by God, eternally. And so stop, bask in it, sit in it, soak in it, wrap his love around yourself. And let's remember the goodness of our God, the grace and the love and the mercy. which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night that he was betrayed. He took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. And do this in remembrance of me. Don't ever forget. Let's partake of the body of Christ. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. And this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink this bread, Eat this bread and drink this cup. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's partake of the cup. 